Howdy, welcome to another episode of Cannon Calls. I am your host, Jake McAtee, and this week I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing a good friend of the podcast, Rachel Jankovic, as she is in the middle of a brand new webinar. The webinar is called Get a Grip, Emotional Self-Control in an Age of Radical Self-Indulgence. Registration is still open. You do not want to miss the opportunity to catch Rachel Jankovic live and to ask those questions, get them answered within the sessions. It's an opportunity you do not want to miss. Again, that's canonpress.com slash self. You can buy a seat to that webinar there. Now, without further ado, meet Rachel Jankovic. All right, now welcoming on recurring guest, special guest, Rachel Jankovic. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming back. Thanks for having me back. You have a new webinar. I do. So you're very back to talk about Get a Grip, yes. which is a very Rachel <laughs> title, I feel like. I think I had a more a more um, sideways approach to the topic title. Okay. They were like, it needs to be shorter. Something needs to be shorter. So it okay. wasn't my first... I think it was probably emotional self-control in an age of radical self-indulgence, which is really way too much of a mouthful sure. for a title. So we made that the so subtitle. So then Get a Grip came yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've not, I asked you beforehand, this is not a webinar you've done in the past. No, I haven't. I actually don't think I've ever repeated a topic on a webinar. I've Not yet. I know we've, we've always maybe we met. We might have done it through the house and Joy One might have happened yes. twice. Yeah. Yes. But other than that, I've never... And even then I rewrote the whole thing. I didn't do my old. Right. I, what that right. tells you is I'm not good at using my work. Right. For more than one thing. Well, it is, it is interesting too, though, because those webinars, I mean, when was, how do you remember how long ago your very first webinar was? I don't. It was a long time ago, though. Ten years? I think I might have been pregnant with Moses probably. So seven oh, okay. or eight Seven years. or eight years. Yeah. Uh, lots changed in seven or eight years. Yeah, so you could, the world is you a whole other probably place. Probably just you probably just recycle some of those those titles. Uh, do you mind just what 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 do you want to talk about for four weeks? What is oh, get a grip? Well, I would say usually when we talk about what do we want to do next, it's more like what do I think is relevant yep. right now. And the last one I did was detox for the modern mom, and that, this is just something that I have been increasingly struck by how much sort of the emotional indulgence that is so encouraged everywhere right now. And it's not just encouraged. The world is pushing it. Christian counselors are pushing it. Like it's become the thing to think that you have an emotion, you need to indulge it in some way that how much that is a self-destructive, like how much people are getting us to destroy ourselves. Okay. You know, like that this is that in the work of building the kingdom, Christian families, like all the things that really matter, this is the super destructive force to, and well, Proverbs, a man without self-control is like a city without walls. It's like, give away all of your defenses. And what do you think is going to happen? Like nothing good is going right. to happen. Um, but it's hilarious how it's been construed as like a, it's a virtue. Right? right. That it's a, it's a virtue to turn <clears throat> yourself over to your emotions. And I just think, I guess I was thinking it seems like high time to really talk about that. And I mention it all the time. So like 
I mean, going way back, probably a couple years ago, I put that quote. I hate to quote myself, but it is a quote of myself. Rachel from once said. Instagram. Yeah. Rachel Jankovic one time yeah. said on Instagram, yeah. um, be the kind of woman who can tell her emotions yeah. to shut up and salute Jesus. And that is such a divisive, like people like it or people freak out about it. Like it's not, whenever that comes up, people really panic that you're telling people that you have to make your emotions salute sure. Jesus. Um, but that's been a theme in almost anything that I talk about. If you talk about mothering, you're talking about yep. your responsibility to govern your own emotions. If you're talking, you know, like yep. it comes up all the time. So it is something that I get asked about all the time because there okay. are a lot of Christian women who have never seen it done. Never and seen like, just a self-disciplined, emotionally disciplined person. Right. And they don't, well, or if they've seen it, they thought it was someone w without emotions, right? right? Like, right. or they've never realized that this is actually can be done that they yeah. like if you don't grow up knowing that and you haven't seen that example it's almost like you think that's an impossible pipe dream right which is proven by the fact that a lot of people think that i'm saying hide your emotions stuff your emotions yes suppress it as long as possible until you blow up which is <clears throat> which is i feel like if you've ever seen it done or you've ever done it yourself you would know that that's not what we're talking about right that is interesting that when you talk about this because someone doesn't have maybe the imaginative, like it's not an imaginative thing that they have a category right. for. No. But all, it kind of turns into, um, I've actually found myself in conversations about tangential to this where it's like, I don't necessarily believe, or, or you know, what, ex uh, like say you describe what an emotionally healthy family might look like or, yeah. or an experience and then like the eyes start to squint. Yeah, people are like, that's a lie. It can't happen. That, but what really? What would really happen? Or if you tell someone like, if you know that you're having a sinful attitude towards your husband or something and when you would tell like, and you'd be like, you can drop it. Like you can repent yep. of it, you can drop it. And it's, and it's like, no, that'll make it worse. Because, and you're like, it yeah. will not make it worse. Like yeah. if you have repented of something and confessed it and you've been forgiven, dropping the matter is never going to right. inflame it. And their, and their belief is so experientially based on it will come out in a screaming fight right. later. Like it has to happen. And I think that's, I grew up in a family with a father who was very, very, this way. So, and my mom is too, but I think my dad is more, um, my dad is more, he was raised by Christian parents and my mom was not as much. Okay. She has, she learned, she was very, but both of my parents were very this way, but I can say, honestly, I've never seen my dad lose his temper. I've never seen him be angry. Like he never, my entire childhood, I've never had my dad yell at us or sure. be angry. Like he was so, so to me, I have no feeling that someone who's governing themselves well, it is going to come out in some malicious, yes, right, horrific right. scene. It's like I have every confidence that you can sure you can actually live in a right. peaceful way. Right. In 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 a way that like doesn't eventually lead to some cathartic yes, eruption. Like, yeah, and that is actually life-giving, like in a right. way that is actually just super healthy and good and wonderful. And and that that is I have that confidence, but it is also, I have the advantage of having seen it first hand, like, yep. and that's a real gift, you know, like. You mentioned that, uh, 
we now see things uh, marked as virtues, like indulgence as a virtue. Yeah. Um, I've I've always I've seen this like in myself, where I if I if I'm talking about emotions with someone, I'm mm-hmm. always thinking, man, they actually have a lot. Like the stakes are a lot higher on emotions than maybe people realize. Even those that are talking about indulging yeah. it more, mm-hmm. they can just run everything or it's sort of so not ever talked about enough i feel like proportionately maybe that's true but also i think it's interesting i was thinking about this and this so this is a not fully fleshed out thought because i've only i've only thought of it briefly this will be the headline now we'll find out if this makes it into the webinar or not maybe it won't maybe i'll be like yeah that wasn't really it but this is called, it's not emotional control because I'm not talking about controlling other people. I'm talking about emotional self-control. Like, okay. But I actually think that emotions, if you are not self-controlled, you are controlling others. You are seeking to control others with your emotions. Yeah. And that there is no way to have your emotions not be impacting people in right. some way. So either you're using your emotions to obey God, to build something wonderful and good and right, or you're using your emotions to tear down and destroy. Now, whether it's just your own family or if it is because thinking about this, all of the emotional displays are for something. It's to right. get something, right? It's not yeah. it's not really just done into the void. Sure. It's meant to get praise or meant to get people saying you poor thing you deserve some kind of special treatment um it's or apologies or it's meant to make your husband cower and be afraid or it's meant to get you know like they're they're a weapon it is its own form of rhetoric if you're not being self-controlled with your emotions you are weaponizing your emotions and there is no way they're not a gift to anyone they're not building people up yeah like it's it's just a weapon (laughs) it's outward facing you uh so i saw week two is on self-differentiation yeah can you talk a little bit about that yes although uh this this is probably the aspect of emotional self-control that i and self-differentiating is more about not being reactive it's more about how you hold the line of what you know you should be doing and what is right regardless of how other people are going to behave <laughs> like right and so it is a way of sh- kind of short circuiting the um the web of emotional control that people get into so i would say self-differentiating is more about it's often family dynamics friend dynamics i suppose office dynamics you know like it's, sure. it's about other people but it's also just about recognizing that someone could be being awful to you but you still know your duty before god and that you can have that clarity Yep. of what how you need to behave towards them. And it's not dependent on how they behave towards you. It's not dependent on how they respond to what you say. Yep. It's it's so you're not waiting to see how you behave based on how they behave. Right. You're doing what you know is right. And then uh, so a good example would be, say you have a good friend who is in sin and you know that you need to say something about that. Like, you know, you need to say, yep. this is not good you know, whatever this is, you're drinking too much or you're whatever, you know, you need to say it, but you don't want to because of the fear of how they will respond, right? Like you, you know, your duty, but you're afraid of what they're going to, you're afraid of what they're going to do, what the consequences will be, how uncomfortable it will be to say something or whatever. Uh, 
the self-differentiating is the way of doing your own duty, loving that person, doing what you need to do, and then behaving exactly the same as you have been behaving towards them, no matter how they React. respond, no matter what they do. So it basically is de-escalating, de-escalating, or I would say short-circuiting. It's like, we're, I'm not right. actually going to be part of this. Right trail of explosions or the yeah. way like you freak out at me and call me all kinds of names and I'm still not going to react to that and bring it all out and right. do the same thing back. And then, um, I think, and actually in Christian circles, I think that temptation is that everybody would much prefer we all sin at the same time so that we can say later, we all made mistakes. Like we, <laughs> like, like if you had to confront someone and then they freak out and then you freak out and then you can say, we all said things that we shouldn't right. have said. Well, that should never be a Christian's. I mean, you should not need to apologize at right. the end of something. Or knowing that like that person knows that I do this thing that's sinful. Yes. They've been a gentleman and not called me out. <laughs> I'm now going to be a gentleman <laughs> yeah. and not call them Nobody's out. Nobody's going to talk about all, anybody's failings. Yeah. We're going to all be It's hush, a very, hush. yeah, passive Mexican standoff. Or, or you know, right. it's Well, uh, maybe it doesn't even have to be an overt confrontation at the beginning because a lot of times in families, that's not what it is. It's just the dynamic of uh, tension that the weakest person controls how everyone Right. Is going to behave. Lowest common denominator. Yes. Low it, whoever's going to be the freaker outer is the one that, yes. that dominates the whole tone of the whole family. So, you know, or the whole situation. Like, we can't do that because so, Lois over there is going to be the problem. You know, like, and everybody lives in fear yeah. of the weakest right. member. And instead of doing what they ought to be doing, which is just being faithful and helping someone like that, yep. have the security of a lot of people who don't bend to their wishes. Right. Like, don't, uh, that would actually be a merciful way to help that person, th that person. Yep. Right. Like it's not fun to be left to your own domineering <laughs> meltdown ways. Not kind. Look at any toddler. They're not enjoying themselves. <laughs> They're not. It's always been a question we would ask our little kids, like, just think about it right now. Are you having a great time? Like, is right. this magical and fun what you're doing right now? Right. Um, I think to self-differentiation, your book, You Who, plays a real role in that of right. sort of a clarity on your identity uh -huh. and who you are and what your responsibilities are. Right. And when those things are absolutely clear, it, it, it helps, like you said, short circuit those moments. Or if everybody's going this direction, you can right. confidently... And, and, and contentedly it's, stand. It's a huge part of emotional self-control is recognizing that you are not, um, that a Christian is not, their essence is not coming from within them in the sense of um, my identity. Like looking to Christ is much better news than looking into right. me, looking deep into how do I feel about this or what am I doing? And because of that confusion, people often think that their emotions is like, it's like a telegram from the Holy of Holies, like their true self. Like they're like, we must honor this because it's how I feel and how I feel must be true fact. Like it must be truth about reality. It must be truth about who I am. Like they treat it like it's an overly yeah. precious right. event. Like, so you had a, you had a feeling this, <laughs> in, this indicates right. everything, right? Like this is right. man, this shapes the world, this feeling right. that I have, which 
you know, check any Disney movie. Everyone's telling you, yep. follow your dang heart. You know, right. like, well, people are like, well, I'm supposed to. These are the clues that will lead me to happiness. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. and, and that is how I think it has actually been really weaponized. You know, like, like women, this clearly I'm speaking very broadly, but you don't have to go far to find a Christian woman who is tearing her home apart with her emotions. Yep. It's not hard to locate. Uh, and sometimes very literally, like the divorce, the, you know, the whole, you don't understand how I feel. And this is like, this is, this is a real problem in our time. And it's a problem with people who are themselves intentionally raising children to live by their emotions. Uh, and this is a terrible, there's some, I mean, there are so many things that are dark about this, like this yep. just tragic and dark. Yep. And one of them is if you live that way, you are not paying attention to how easily your emotions can be manipulated. Yep. Like we live in a Northern climate. There's a dark time of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. there, there's a time when the sun is going down early and there are all kinds of, in the time when it's stopping a little bit. So you're like off and on, like it could be dark and rainy, but then it will be a sunny day or whatever. I always think it's hilarious how there's a sunny day and I, and I feel like, Oh, I'm getting everything done. And I'm the, and the house is clean and I'm on top of it and I can right. do anything. And then you're like the next day, you're like, I am so, this is so hard. I don't know. And you're like, Nothing Oh, it's dark and done, rainy. Yeah. Like it's a dark day <laughs> and I'm genuinely struggling. Right. Just because my environment is a little bit different. I, you could turn yourself over to like existential doubts about what you're doing right? because <laughs> it's a rainy day. Like we are not, um, our emotions are not untouchable by any stretch of the imagination. The, uh, your dad has recommended Edwin Friedman's works. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And well, that's where the term self-differentiation self comes from. Yeah. When I read his book called generation, a generation, um, it became, you know, I used to think of the Old Testament. You see this in the Old Testament, the Old Testament curse of uh, God cursing the generations. You know, you're, yeah. and I always considered that to, to be two and three. Is that what you mean? That one? Yes. Yeah. I always considered like God is sort of just like uh, exteriorly, just like you know, applying this curse. Oh, uh -huh. in my in my imagination, that's how I. It wasn't until I read Friedman's Generation to Generation where I saw like the emotion emotional systems and how you relate mm -hmm. to your family members. The stakes are very, very high. Yeah. And you know, it, like it's generations high, like generations will we carry high. on or will we not? Yeah. And if, and if, uh, you know, undisciplined, immature, emotional, uh, systems could, you know, sink They're three generations collapse on themselves. And it's quickly. only in God's kindness that that could stop or, or, you know, mm -hmm. so it was really the first time that I thought, Oh, that's, you Actually, almost wonder that like God a doctor is... told me something about that. A Christian doctor, uh, told like years and years ago, he, he had, he would go work in really rural okay. areas sometimes yep. like where you go visit to just be like the visiting doctor to check in on people. And there would be some really dark, hard times in some of these, you know, really yep. sad places. And there was one family that was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, I assume there would have been illegal, but they were probably common law husband and wife, but it was an incestuous 
you know, like with a bunch of children, but just with horrible, everything was wrong. You know, like everything is wrong here. And he had, he said essentially the same thing that struck him that was like, it's to two or three generations because there will be no more. Like there's no, this is not actually a system that can carry on at all. Like there's no way. And it's only in God's incredible mercy that to a thousand generations could ever occur at all, right? Like absolutely, that, that, or and absolutely. even two or three, but you know, right. like in, it's just an incredible mercy. But there's no; it is way more of a if we're left to our own devices, then like God will thwart all of your big plans. And if God was not, it's more like the Romans. Absolutely, He gave them up. Yep. And then in and when you're left without that to govern you, you just implode. I um. I also, I, I feel like I grew up uh, with not a, there wasn't, uh, I wasn't replete with examples of emotional maturity. Sure. And so knowing myself and then when I got a hold of the Friedman <laughs> stuff and I just thought, uh, the dark thought was like how none of us are ready. <laughs> none of us come ready to like tackle. To do this, yeah. Like when you said earlier, the you, there's probably ways in which you don't know you are being manipulated. Like, oh yeah, you, for sure. A lot of people wouldn't consider themselves or ha- raise their hand. I'm prone to emotional manipulation. <laughs> uh, but actually, women do. Women will say, "Well, they actually, w- okay. they wouldn't say it in those terms, but they will say how they fear." Got it. Not getting approval right. or how they, you know, like how much they hate. Right, but those are the ways yeah. that it works out. Yeah, but none totally. of us would. None of us know how to like. I'm best. excessively vulnerable to people manipulating <laughs> right? me. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a horrible story about so. Uh, social media is a great example of this, right? And all the bot accounts and the whatever the heck is happening on social media all the time. Yes. Uh, And I think it was my brother talked to somebody who was in a meta board meeting somewhere. So like, this is a story he heard from a meta board meeting, which was somebody saying, oh yeah, because the goal is emotional control. Like the goal is to be able to control the emotions of huge swaths of people. And so in whatever they were like, so for instance, we could right now just make, you know, women in Ohio from 35 to 40 sad today. And we'll do that by suppressing happy stories, by putting sad things at the top of their feed. And if they have no self-governance, right? Like if they, if they're just going to be like, I can be until I notice it's what's happening about the rainy day, right? Like where you're like, okay, wait, (laughs) What am I doing here? What am I actually letting affect me? And if they're just going to take in what's around them and then they're going to react without thought, without without any amount of self-counsel or self-governance, they're just going to let somebody tell them how to feel today. Well, you think, do you really want some board meeting of people you disagree with about everything in life and reality to decide whether or not you're going to have a productive day or whether or not you're going to care about, you know, doing the things you ought to be doing or whether you're going to pursue your duty or like, do you actually want them to be sitting at those levers and those controls just pushing you around to just be pull like, you around. Right. And to just be like, yeah. I would like them to be unproductive. Let's just turn, <laughs> let's just turn this up and turn this right. down. And you think, well, if you're doing anything of value for the kingdom, then you have enemies who would want to get hold of that no matter how they could. Right. Right. Like, and, and it's not delusional. I'm like, I'm not making up some 
fairy tale world in which people in our country might dislike what Christians believe and are doing. Right. Look around you, you know, like, like, yep. do you think, like, I, you know, do you think people would prefer to have you resenting your children today? Right. Like, yes, they would rather than faithfully right. bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Like, so what would you, how important is it to you that you don't leave those things out on the table for people to access? Right. It's a horrible thought, isn't it? It's like you think of an old like castle, you know, a castle defending itself on the walls. And then right. you're like, could we just hook up some switches on the outside that would be like, remove all of their food, you know, right. like right. destroy their supply lines. Like you don't put those things, you don't want those things to be out and available to whoever can grab hold of them. And I think, I think tons of Christians due to the craziness that we just have gone through. Yep in our world lately, right. in recent times, I think tons of Christians have experienced, maybe for the first time, hostility of people who would like, who would like to take you down. Right. So, you know, like a stranger, a passing yeah. stranger who, and I think a lot of women have probably experienced feeling like actually having a hard time getting past some I mean, maybe not even COVID related things, just like how many kids you have. Some stranger is nasty to you about that. And does right. it actually ruin your day? Does it actually upset you? Like, do you have to go make a big blog post about it to try to get other people to make you feel better after right. the fact? Or, and that's just a sign that you had some kind of a handle or a switch on the that outside of you yeah, and they, they found, found it. Yeah. And, and that can be such a good reminder to you to be like, hang on, like whose approval am I? hoping to have, what do I, how do I need to, how do I need to get a grip on this? <laughs> but essentially recognizing that you're being disobedient. If, if they can do that to you, yeah. you are not being submissive to what Christ would have you be doing. Um, one thing that should be a source of encouragement is uh, maybe how undervalued someone who is seasonally matured in their emotions to have around when the bad, when bad things happen. Yeah. How, how, how nice that is. want that around. How nice that is yeah. and how it's well, supposed to be a feature of like God, that is a gift from God totally. to have somebody who is mature in their emotions around when chaos is happening. Right. And it's also true. I mean, we talked a little bit about this, that the weaker people, it is a huge mercy and a kindness to them to not bend to whatever they're doing. Right. And if you think about it in like a toddler, it's a huge comfort and a security to them to not be yes. at all in charge when they freak out. Right. Right. Like that is, and that's a huge gift to them to have parents that are like a rock wall with, <laughs> you don't want to be yeah. two or three and actually think that when you lose the bubble, everything's over. Right. Right. Like that's miserable. To Just think. the astonished toddler face when they lose it, but then their but dad loses like, it as well. Oh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I oh, I don't know that that would that would shock a toddler who's never seen it. But right. I'm sure there are family dynamics 100%. in which this is what we all do. We all just. We all just lose the bubble at different times. Uh, but also even in just in adult relationships, being self-differentiated is a tremendous gift 
over time. It is not yeah. like when I said it short circuits a system or whatever. Yep. It it can be very tumultuous at the beginning because you think it's going to be better if you just pacify yes. someone or if you just do whatever. So it is a difficult it is a difficult skill yes to master. Mastering would be generous to to try to achieve. Yes, or it is a difficult way to like if it's new to you, it's a difficult entry. Point. This is not the way of. This is not the easy leisure. peasy technique. Yeah. No, it's not. But I have also had the tremendous uh, pleasure of knowing many people in difficult situations who have tried to apply this, like tried to yeah. be like, okay, here's how I'm going to deal with it, and having that actually be totally revolutionary in a family dynamic, totally yep. revolutionary over time. In like things are so much better yep. when that shift happens. I imagine too when you're talking with someone about, hey, I'm I'm trying to self differentiate in this moment. What are some helps? If you were talking with a friend, you find too that it's way less about gossip and way more about like, you know, hugely, all, all of a sudden you're no longer about, no because you're talking instead of talking about what did she do, right. how did she say that, what kind of tone of voice did she have? Right. Instead of that, you're talking about things like, well, like the sermon this last Sunday was magnificent for this kind of thing, but things like how the devil hates mercy. Right. Right. Like you're not talking about, tell me one more time. Did she sneer at you yeah. while she said right. that? Did she, do you think she thought when she said yes. that, like you're just draw all of that's just, you're not interested in it because that's right. exactly the things that you're not trying to conduct around the network of. Right. And because you're trying to drop that, all of your focus is on what would Christ have me do? Like, yep. how should I, how should I behave? Like, yep. and that non-reactiveness is not, it's not being inactive. Or it's, passive. No, you're supposed to be active. Yes. You're just supposed to be active the way Christ would have you be active. And it actually not, requires you to be active. Yes. And not reactive, right. which is, which is doing whatever your own spirit compels you to think you ought to do as soon as she said that thing with that tone or right. whatever. But it is, and because of that, uh, this is why I think it's been so fruitful. I've seen, you know, like, so um, my anonymous friends that I can talk about because nobody will know who I'm talking about anyways. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, like really difficult family situation and we're working really hard to be differentiated instead yep. of being emotional and like, I need to explain to my brother all the ways he's hurt me and how, yep. and how this thing on social media felt this way when he said that. And I thought he meant this and this says he doesn't value me. And this goes way back to elementary school when right. this has always been the case, you know, like turning into a big snafu instead of that conscientiously thinking that you're serving Christ and you're not doing that leads to you giving your brother a genuine warm hug and actually loving him. Like yep. actually being like, I have love for you and I will show it to you this way. And I'm not going to pick over all of the little barbs yep. and taunts and things. And if there's any, like, just ask yourself, you know, Satan is the accuser. Jesus is merciful and loving. Like, which one do you think he likes? Like, right. do you think, do you think Jesus is like, if only we could get together and hash out all the ways you felt marginalized through. Right. <laughs> right. I don't think so. You mentioned at the beginning that, um, the emotions have their own sort of rhetoric. They're moving yeah. someone one way or the other, or yeah. that is sort of their, uh, one thing Friedman talks about is like when you've differentiated yourself and you've mm -hmm. short circuited the thing, you'll find that other people will start 
doing that themselves yeah, or, or they, the people yeah. around you and that you can be because sort of this a huge mercy to everyone. Right. To right. be like, we're not doing that. Right. Let's just not play that anymore. You, yeah. And so you could be a beachhead, not only for like yeah. a generation, you could change everything. Huge amounts of things. Like, and, right. and by simply committing to that, you are your own problem. <laughs> How I behave yeah. is my problem. Not theirs, whether they said horrible, provocative things or not. Right. This is my problem. And I need to honor the Lord in what I'm doing, regardless of the provocation, regardless of the situation. And it is so much better. Like it is such a better way to live and such a better way to be quick to drop things and quick to not harbor offenses or go over it in your mind or run it over right. with people. It's vastly i mean friedman is a bizarre um he's like an evolutionary he, rabbi yes, he's like absolutely yes. bizarre character but this is like a common grace Correct. this is a common grace thing where he explains things about how humans interact that when you know when you know the truth right. it's an amazing it's like that's really insightful. Yes. Like this is a man with tremendous insight about something. Uh, and when you interface it on your own with the Christian faith, which it, you don't even really have to try very hard because it's so clearly, correct. it's so clearly the grace of God sort of sure coming from a different perspective. It's funny. For example, when he talks about, I, I've found except for the evolutionary stuff, the Christian can almost say like how much more than, you know, I think uh -huh. one of the things he totally. says for self-differentiation is, think, you know, you should be clear about your goals in 20 years. That that will help you <laughs> differentiate yourself and like who you are or something to that effect. And it's like, man, well, for a Christian, if I know my identities in Christ and he owns right. my and reaction. And I'm going to live for him and, I'm gonna, and die for him. <laughs> you almost have like Christians have access to like unlimited self-differentiation as far oh, as yeah. Friedman's concerned. You know, it's almost like we have even further than he expected. Well, because the safety, if you, if you don't have Christ in it and you're just like, this will just be me not being part of that problem. But if you are saying... I am identifying with Christ and I am yep. not doing this. It's it's much more secure. It's a it's a 100%. infinitely better place to be. But you know what I think is interesting that uh because I think I've always thought we were in a culture war. And there's I mean, I've, there's yeah. not been a time in my life where I thought we weren't. But it seems real obvious right now. Like right. it seems yep. like it is really obviously a war right, right. now. That's what I mean. The hostility is yes. way up there. We're in that. And it is really interesting to me to see it just in terms of like, so if I was the enemy right now, how would you want the Christian women to be behaving? Right. Right. Like what would, what would make screw tape rub his hands together? Right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's actually a really basic, it's just like, what would make you uh, one of my favorite quotes? Not of myself. I didn't, I'm not quoting myself. Okay. <laughs> I realized one of yeah. my favorite right. quotes, <laughs> one of the quotes that I always enjoy is that, um, I don't even know who said it originally. It's be the kind of woman that when your feet hit the floor in the morning, the devil says, oh crap, she's up. <laughs> Which just makes me laugh. But how much would the devil not at all mind you right. getting up to, right to take selfies of yourself crying, to yep. say how hard it is to have children, to you're, be- You're a nurse. You're a, TikToking oh gosh, Jake just showed me a video of a TikTok, <laughs> a weeping nurse in a hall because a patient died. Yeah. But but there's, yeah. 
Not that I mind a nurse crying no, because course. a patient died. It's the part where you get she a friend to phone. film you, yeah, and, you yeah, and you yeah. and you make a soundtrack yeah, right, to show yourself right. being. She's tough. editing it. <laughs> She's yeah. editing it, and you're like, "This is this is outrageous." Yeah. But, anyways, not that not that I'm offended by a nurse crying when a patient dies. Actually, I don't even think she was crying. I she think was she not. was just yeah. breathing heavy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, anyways. Which would you prefer if you were the enemy, if you wanted to tear down the church and you wanted to tear down families and you want to do this? Of course you want a bunch of emotionally adrift, needy, sad, desperate people. Like it's a huge, obvious thing to pick. Just like in emotional ruin. In ruin. Yeah. yeah. And and then if they're not, you can just throw a little insult out of them and they'll all fall apart, right? Like <laughs> yeah. all, all right. I have to right. do is like, you're not loving, you right. know, and then everybody falls apart or you're not like, and, and how much I would think the enemy would hate to have thousands of Christian women who they couldn't get a handle on, right? Right. Who would laugh at, at their worst little emotional barbs or insults or, uh, you know, like who would just be like, no, I'm actually confident in Christ. I don't, I don't care about yeah. this. It's uh, this, I'm, I'm very excited to doing this topic on this webinar and it should be encouraging that if, if Christians really can get a grip, the world is there for the taking. Well, that's part of the thing is that Everyone seems to be immobilized. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. It's like, this is a great time right. to get control of yourself. It's a great time for because it. You because you would could be, do anything. <laughs> yeah. Everyone right now is a, is moving in like half speed. And if you were just operating. muddle. If you were just operating at regular 1.0 speed. Wow. You would be. What could you not <laughs> yeah, do? What right. could you not do right now? Yeah. And yeah. It, it is interesting. And I don't even, this is really, this may be off topic probably is, but I find it interesting that in recent years, our flag has been at half mast like all the time. Right. And I, and I think that that's not, not that I think the flag flying at full mast is the sign of an emotionally healthy people, right. but I have to Google all the time. Why are we at half mast today? <laughs> like, and there are times yeah. when it's well-deserved when you're like, I, I have no problem with this. Yeah. It's just, it's a really interesting thing that we're like all the time. always having a hard yeah. time. Yeah. We're like, we're forever. And I think if you could translate that to the church, you have a church acting like we're not victorious, a church acting like Christ can't win because we're feeling sad, right? Like, like we're all in mourning all the time. It's terrible. We're having an awful time. Yeah. Super depressing, heavy. Everything's heavy. We're all... You know, it's everything, and everything's hedged. Everything feels even the things that are actual. Like I, I understand when you have a bunch of little kids, and I and I feel like I shouldn't have to try to give my street cred for this. I understand that there are very <laughs> difficult days. Like that, there are days where yeah. you really feel like I'm going to die if someone yeah, doesn't yeah. come relieve me from this right yes. now for a minute. And it's just because it's so physically exhausting. So I have no. Zero judgment in my heart about a young mother who's having a hard day. Right. But but the thing is, is that you are objectively struggling under blessing. Like, and that that is a thing that you keep having to grab hold of yourself to recognize, right? Like, this is hard because I'm no good at carrying this much blessing at one time, this much fruit, this much glory, right? It's not actually something to feel sorry for yourself about. POW. 
No, you know, it's 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 right? actually not. Yeah. Like you have children. And the more we could just see things like this is an actual blessing and I cannot indulge myself this way, then the stronger you actually get to carry those things that did feel genuinely heavy and difficult and hard. You know, you get, I suppose it's just walking by faith. You just have to keep thinking, but I know what I believe about this, which is totally different than how I feel about this right now. So which one do I defer to? It's what we believe. It's our statement of faith. Anyways, yes, this is why we're going to try to talk about emotions and good emotional luck. self-control. I know, good luck to me. <laughs> I, I did say already, I think it was in the ad for it, but we've always joked that whatever you're going to teach on, you'll be tested on. And I was like, is it wise to do a webinar on emotional self-control while pregnant? I don't know. Maybe don't the know. most wise. We Do you think it's the most <laughs> yeah, wise thing yeah. I could do? Probably because I need to freshen up my, like, really gear up, be ready to be... I, I'm not a wildly emotional pregnant person, but I feel like if I was ever going to be, I've signed up for Maybe. it right now. <laughs> <That's good time. laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so that'll be a real gift too in the webinar. We'll see if I can. You there know. you go. Yeah. So canonpress.com slash self. People can go sign up. This will drop as the second episode of the webinar is going. Yes. And because it's summer and because I did not, network all of our family calendars appropriately at the right time it's wednesday and then tuesday and then wednesday and wednesday okay so complicated today is july 12th first yes. day of the webinar july 13th yep and then july 19th yeah. i imagine because yep. that's one day good off. job doing the math thank you good job mm-hmm 28th what? wow i'll just let you go from here i wasn't i wasn't trying to do the math let's see yeah, I can. 13th, 19th, the 27th, and then August 3rd okay. is the very last day. You can go yeah. sign up. It's not too late. And you can go be edified and and well, change we generations. We hope. We hope. Totally. Wouldn't that be good? It would be awesome. Let's change this dynamic and make Christian women hard to control. There we go. <laughs> Canapress.com slash self. Thank you for coming in, Rachel. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs>